0: Mind Pump Mind, mind pump. pump It is Mind Pump Mind Pump Mind Pump Mind Pump We got programs Yeah Available Yeah And an awesome discount Yeah It's for sexy people Yeah They want to get laid Yeah You can do it Yeah Just right
1: now how? Yeah Click the button Oh yeah Go to www.mindpumpradio.com Click the yellow button Get it now if you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Welcome back to Mind Pump Radio. We're coming to you guys live. With a special we're not, guest. What? We're not live. Yeah. It sounds better when I say we're All live. All right, fine. It, does. <laughs> it sounds better when I say we're live. Keep going. But we're, listen, here, though. We're not here with just the regular knuckleheads. I am here, though, with the great Justin Andrews.
0: Yeah. I get the first nickname yeah, of the right. day. I knew
1: you would like that. Yeah. The super sexy Sal DiStefano. Always sexy. And we have a special guest today. Very special. We have brought to you guys, okay, Brendan Abendage. This guy right here is a three-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens. He also can be heard on Fox Sports 1. Now, this is what most people know this guy. He's got all kinds of accolades, but I wanted to that's talk boring about... stuff. I know. I wanted to talk yeah. about some of the things that... Because I know, Brendan. The so shit wanted, that's real. Yes. Yeah, so exciting. I, I wanted to talk about some of the things that a lot of people out there don't know. First of all, he was the seventh African-American to actually swim from San Francisco to Alcatraz three times. The seventh? Seventh. That's to, a, That's to, awesome. Wow. Yes. He, hold, he holds the state record in skippets. In under twenty four hours, he did like, over seven thousand two hundred forty nine revolutions without ever once messing up. Okay, <laughs> get out of here. He, yes, he he almost climbed Half down once. He was almost on the Jay Leno show, and he was almost considered for a Grammy. And his most his most prized possession that he has he has over forty seven different roller skates. Roller skates. Yeah. Are they the metal ones, the really? old school
2: ones? But I also have more bow ties than Pee Wee Herman too. So don't forget <laughs> that.
1: Oh, man. Do they spin? <laughs> the spinning ones. You do yeah. have... You, you know what? This, one of my favorite things about this guy, and you know what? You and I can talk about this later on, but these two knuckleheads won't be able to chime in. This guy has a sense for fashion. Uh, and I, yeah, I know, but here's cool. the thing too. And the fact that he has a sense for fashion and he's not some 20-year-old kid. So I, I when you're 20 years old and you have nothing else to do but go to college and look up what all the fashion shit is, that's one thing. But... To be able to manage the lifestyle that we all have, because that's what I understand. I understand why Sal has no sense of style because <laughs> yeah. he's busy as fuck, dude. dude. Yeah. I can't, ex- I can't expect him to dress. Really Actually, long. we're total
0: dad core yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, but we're rocking the
1: dad jeans mm-hmm. and
3: the dad. No, if I started getting I'm all fashionable, it would, it would be too powerful. So I'm, I, I got to dumb. I got to make myself look worse,
2: dude. He's uh, Italian. It's in his DNA, though. Yeah, you know what I'm it's saying it's he's supposed oh, to be right. wearing Cavalli, Canali, yes. all that stuff. Yes, oh. he'd be broke if he went into fashion because that
1: Italian, you know, that it, IQ fashion. Yeah. IQ
2: is ridiculous.
1: That's true. It, it, it is. See, but that's you that, know, Adam. Maybe I have, he's just blocking it. I have yeah. so much respect for that because I'll tell you what I used to say this to uh, my clients when I <clears throat> when I was in my early twenties and when I thought I was very fashionable. And I would tell them all the time because most of my clients who are average middle aged people, right? And I'd say, "Listen, you guys, there's a point in everybody's life where you get stuck in an era. I don't give a shit who <laughs> you are, but you, <laughs> I'm it, still in the it, grunge. It, it happens in two things. It happens in music." Yeah. and in fashion and whatever era that is and that's what you guys when you guys look at somebody who's 50, 60, 70 years old and you look at them you could probably figure out their era they got stuck in because they're still wearing the same shit well you saw I that. still wore a flannel
2: <laughs> Who does that? Dude, you're Jay, you're stuck in high school, dude. Damn it. You're stuck in San <laughs> yeah, Lorenzo that, Valley funny. lumberjack. That's right funny, now. cause uh,
0: <laughs> I remember kicking the crap out of your football team. <laughs> Oops.
2: <laughs> Not when I Oops. played though. I never lost to SLB in uh, any sport,
1: mind you. Well What is what is the year difference? And now Justin okay, so I those of those are listeners don't know this, but Brendan, Brendan and Justin are both uh Santa Cruz natives, which yeah, is pretty yeah. cool.
0: So uh, basically the ninety seven season, which is the ninety eight graduate, right? Where were you where were you at?
1: Dude, you're still wet
2: behind the ears. I was in D one oh, by then, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, I was D one at UCLA. You might have played UFC. some of my
0: boys. Like, like I'm gonna give a shout out to to Tony Noche. Tony uh, Noche
2: Ty Locatelli Ty Locatelli What's up
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, Brittany take, take us through this A little bit Because uh, You know I know These guys know A little bit uh, Because they obviously Know you Just like I do But some of the listeners May not know um, I know that When you went to, went to High school You had some other guys That were also Did they go pro too Or are you the only one That went pro from your class Yeah so My, my brother went pro
2: He wasn't in my class But he was a couple Grades ahead of me And you guys um, actually Played together Yeah we played together And played against each other we Actually won a Super Bowl For the Ravens As That's well as so I did cool, Which man. is pretty cool yeah, um, and then also Reggie Stevens. He was a cornerback. He was actually running back in high school, but in the league, he played for the Giants. He actually played against my brother in the Super Bowl. Two guys from Santa Cruz playing against each other in wow. the Super Bowl. So that's what from a, a small that? from a small little town that's known for surfing and skating. Yeah, pretty cool. We got no, some some cats cool. in the league. You know what
3: else Santa Cruz is known for?
2: Oh man, weed. So, so so this is
3: so this is this is what I think is fucking crazy and weird. So we walk up to the to our recording studio, and as some of our listeners know. Uh, we share a wall with a it dispensary. A yeah, so we're walking up, and he's like, "It smells kind of familiar here." And then he, <laughs> and then he informs of some uh, of some weird shit. So, so check this out. So, I'm going to ask you here on on air, uh, Brendan, have you ever smoked weed?
2: So oddly enough. I'm a huge proponent for marijuana in general. If it's medicinal, if it's occasional, if it's chronic, whatever, however you want to do it, right. um, I'm a huge proponent, but I've never smoked it. I've never tried it. I maybe had a bite of an edible once or twice that my wife gave me just to relax, but I haven't gone into it, so I'm wow. saving it, though, what? for a special occasion, and that's the next time I have surgery. So my knees are a little bit banged up, so instead of going wow. instead mm. of going the um, narcotic way, yeah, yeah. Um, the, you know, prescribed meds, I'm going to go the natural that's way. With wild. And uh, you've, you've
3: never
0: had alcohol, though, right?
2: No, nah, I've never drank before, either. Wow. Yeah, the sound... closest thing to alcohol I've had is kombucha. Wow. <laughs> you, sound,
0: you sound boring.
2: Man. Yeah. I'm so, so boring. You just like, I'm no, so, why do you guys even have me here? Yeah, I really? say, you like, three
1: are so much more interesting. Not at all. Not at all. Not whatsoever. In fact, I find that extremely fascinating. Oh, you know, yeah, it uh, is. Because one, uh, you shared with us. I mean, if you, those that are listening and you're across the world or across the country, Santa Cruz, uh, California is the weed is the fucking mecca of marijuana it is literally a place where you could go and there's neighborhoods and this was before it's getting where it's at Legal Legalization oh, now People walk
3: down the streets Smoking oh, you joints could, You yeah. could
1: go I remember looking for a house To rent out there And we were looking at, the, at Literally like seven neighbors Out of the ten That were on the block Were all like grow houses And in, 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 in like a marijuana community Right So that's how ridiculous it is So And then to be around it As a young boy Growing up and seeing that And then to To choose to not partake in it When you probably had uh, Family and friends That were It was already okay Before it's even gone To where it's at that's,
2: Yeah so that's why There wasn't a craze for me It was It was it was something I always Grew up with my dad has two master's degrees, a PhD. My stepfather and he he wrote his whole PhD, his whole thesis while he was smoking marijuana. Uh, My mom she had marijuana plants in our in our damn bathroom so they could get some light and be you she know can be productive did, did in a nice smoked. moist <laughs> wow yeah she 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 did her thing she still smokes to this day my mom's she's healthy so when I went to Amsterdam and all my teammates I played NFL Europe in Amsterdam all my teammates got there the first thing they did is everybody went to a to a coffee house and they went to a shop and they started smoking and, and they're, they're like oh my god can't. I can do it it's, it's such a big deal but like <laughs> I didn't even partake I was like man I've been I around it my this, whole life. been around it it's, right. it's, it's nothing so, you know
3: what so this completely flat. Eyes in the in the whole theory that if, if something becomes legalized and regulated all of a sudden more kids are going to do it you've been exposed to it so much that it lost its luster it's not it's not even taboo it's like whatever it's not a big deal
2: yeah but i i think that there, there's so many benefits there's so many so many great things about sure, it sure. um that uh that more research needs to come out or you know i, I love sanjay gupta and all the stuff that he's producing yeah. mm-hmm. you know that that it has such a great impact on people medically um One big thing that really bothered me about the NFL is that we get tested. And yeah, okay, it's once or it's twice a year. You kind of know when the test is going to come, but you're not allowed to use it. And for pain, guys are on narcotics and scripts. That's okay, but they can't use something that's natural. So that that was kind of tough. And then also guys suffer from social anxiety, right? So we have to be in front of the camera. So you see Marshawn Lynch. Hmm. The best thing for him would have been take a couple hits, take a couple puffs. He would have gotten in front of that mic. He, he wouldn't have said, "Oh, I'm just here." So he would not say, "I'm just here," so I wouldn't get fined. He'd go and actually have a conversation with people because he'd probably be
1: relaxed. I just huh? so. I just actually hung out with Marshawn Lynch the other day. Different, oh, how was that? Different cat.
2: He is a different dude. Very different. cat. He is
1: from Neptune. Yeah. He's a di- he's, a, he's a, he is a he is a different cat for sure. He walked in. He walked in. He was uh, I was at David Lee uh, for the Warriors his birthday party, and uh, he walked in and for sure you can tell he, he had been probably medicated it's off season right for them so I'm sure that's the first thing he likes to do and and then uh you know it, first thing he does is grab a bottle of uh, Hennessy and then sit down and then he's just kind of in his own little world dude like uh, him and uh, Draymond Green are really good buddies so they were kind of chopping it up most of the time and we interacted a few times but it, I could never tell if he was serious or like he was like just having fun or he was kind of being a dick like he just he was different than everybody else out of all the pros and everybody we were all hanging out with he was he's just diff- a different cat for sure well you know, you know he know, marches
2: to a different beat well you do look like a linebacker so he's probably trying to vi- avoid you all night yeah. anyway oh well, you know what's funny was
1: i <laughs> you know i'm there and i'm around all these other these athletes and so that of course all the people that are that are serving and stuff like they're, they're snapping pictures and having me sign autographs <laughs> and i'm like they have no idea who i am they just think because i'm as big as most of these guys around they just assume i'm one of the so who'd you say he played for what? No, I didn't even say anything, Come on. dude. No, I didn't even. Uh-huh. No, I didn't even go. I didn't even go along with it. I didn't say it was. I didn't say it wasn't They because they didn't say who did you play with. They just said, hey, "Can we take a picture with you? Can we get your autograph?" They were doing that, so I'm like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> I know you don't know who I am. <laughs> I doubt you're into men's physique and know that I'm an Ivy. <laughs> So, I thought that was I thought that was pretty
2: funny. I definitely wouldn't shut the faucet off. Hey, if you're if you're showering me with all kinds of cool stuff, you want to take pictures, whatever. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to ruin the parade. So, <laughs> yes. hey, when we hang out, you're, you're you're Mike Vrabel from now on. Okay, especially <laughs> oh, wearing that go. damn Patriots jersey.
1: Yeah, the, the listeners don't know this, but I, I had to mess with Brendan a little bit. I thought I'd uh, I'd rock my Tom Brady <laughs> and Patriots jersey, and as soon as you walked up, all I got was his his head just shaking.
2: <laughs> I'm really let down. Our our relationship's kind of strained right uh. now. You know, I, I, had, I had a serious affection for you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everyone says that every guy at some point in their life has like an, a homosexual experience. In oh, my mind, that was you. Like, guys, oh, but now, oh! that's never gonna happen, I love dude. This Why, dude. Does, Why does he have dude? so much effect like that? On ruined us. it, dude. I know, I, uh, ruined he's it. Got, I know. He's got that vibe. Uh, so, so, mean, so what it, you're saying? What you're
3: saying is the door is open. <laughs> so you're saying there's <laughs> a the back chance. door. So
2: you're saying there's a. Until the Jersey, though. Until the Jersey, I just, I just killed it for myself. I was trying to jump
1: in there, but whatever. Maybe I can maybe I could save myself. By the end, by, the end of this podcast or whatever. <laughs> well, so uh, so
3: I'm going to make a confession here. So I'm not a huge football fan, but uh, I'm just not. I'm not a huge sports person no, in general. Uh, I watch a lot of uh, mixed martial arts. That's about it. But as I was reading about uh, about you, Brendan, um, you're a pretty fascinating individual. As a matter of fact, I even think I texted you guys and I said this guy's pretty awesome. What he, this is why you're I I would consider you a badass. It's not because you played football. It's not because of those types of things. I think you're a badass because you're not afraid to speak your mind. And there was a point there where um, you were speaking out, um, kind of you, kind of like became an advocate for gay rights, and this was like a big deal. And you didn't shut up about it; you wouldn't stop, uh, you know, talking about that kind of stuff. I found that uh, I found that very commendable.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I think it wasn't so much that it was gay rights it was human rights and at the time it just happened to be the LGBTQ community's time Um, so when I look back at my career and and when people see me on the street a lot more people recognize me for, for my beliefs and the things that I did than they do for being a football player so I'll be in New York City, and someone'll come up to say oh thank you for for doing what you did for me and my wife, and it's a lady you know mm-hmm. or thanks thanks for what you did for me and my husband and it's a gentleman so that that just it really warms my heart every time inside that I, I hear about it, but at the end of the day, I was just doing the right thing granted um I was an early entrant into doing that in the sports community. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's, it's the right thing to do but just in the sports community we've kind of been in a in a kind of a draconian state where mm-hmm. we're a little bit just behind the ball. I think we're catching up though with Michael Sam and, and all the athletes, all the things that are coming out now. I think we're kind of catching up to the ball but uh, at that point in time in, in, two, in 2009 when I first did it, it was really out of left field well, and then in 2012 as well it was kind of a big deal. Well, I,
3: mean, I think I think the internet has changed so many things because in 2008 uh barack obama ran he actually ran on the premise part of it was that he would not he did not absolutely support, right he did that not was, support gay yep. marriage and i you know uh, i think as a politician you it was like political suicide to support gay marriage and then boom fast forward five years later if you don't support gay marriage you you're pro- done you probably won't get elected done. and that was the internet right. because movements used to take decades you know what i'm saying uh, you know, women's suffrage took a long time. Civil rights took a long time. And then all of a sudden gay marriage went from majority of people not supporting it to now most people support it. Just right. like
2: the thing that really got me though, it was it was Barack Obama. It was Barack Obama and it was Britney Spears that was really the um the catalyst to make me speak out. So so Barack Obama he would not take a stance. He straddled the fence. Whereas his his opponent, um, John McCain, he said, Hey, I don't believe in in, in marriage equality. I don't believe in it. So right. I respected that, even though
3: you didn't agree Politically, with them, I
2: right? didn't agree with him, but I respected that he took a stance. And then Britney Spears, she goes to Vegas, marries some dude that I don't know if she knew him or or what their relationship was. Married for two days. I have gay friends that have been together for fifteen years. In those two days, she had more rights than my my, my gay friends yeah. that have been together for fifteen years. So that was it, dude. I was like, dude, I'm fed up. I need to say something about it. Bam! I dropped the blog on Huffington Post.
1: I was just gonna ask you how did it how did it first start? That's what it started. You dropped the blog on Huffington. Well, Post. Well,
2: some yeah. some some politician didn't some politician write
3: like the owner of your team a letter basically saying you know make him shut up i mean which is just why are why do why do they even give a shit it's crazy
2: right not only was he a politician um but he's also a uh a preacher so i mean which is fine which you understand from the from 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 the religious community um even though in in dc even though it was out of baltimore but in dc you have the right to to, to marriage and there's lots of churches that'll marry people, but it's up to the church. I, I respect and understand that because those are your your spiritual beliefs, and I don't ever want to take spiritual beliefs away from everybody. Even though I'm atheist myself, um, but uh, to be an elected official of the people and to try to take that away from the people would be as taking away marriage equality from people from. Gay individuals or gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and whatnot would be similar to taking away religion in a way. Mm. Um, even though you're born gay, I, I, so I, I fully it, it's, agree. It's taking away somebody's rights. So I fully
3: well. There's two things people did not. Uh, there's there's two things here that people are missing. Number one, you just actually you just said people are born gay, but I don't think it matters. I don't think if you're born gay, I I, I personally believe that people are uh, are born gay, and I do think there's some. Science will show that there might be some influence. It doesn't matter. You're an adult. You want to marry another adult. Who gives a shit? But here's the question. Here's the real question that I wish people would ask. The question isn't, should gays get married? The question is, why the fuck does anybody have to ask the government permission to get married? Whether you're straight or gay. Why why do they even do that? That's so weird. Like, hey, Adam, uh, I really like you. I think we should... uh, we should hang out and you know buy a house together and maybe raise some right. kids together. let me run that by the government yeah, real why, quick. why don't we go why, yeah we know what we should do we should go ask it's, the government real it's quick ridiculous <clears throat> i need a piece of paper please. i think that's but the real question before
2: before they did it with gays they did it um with different ethnicities right yeah. so you know we we it's saw control. loving yeah we saw loving um versus virginia in 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 the 60s right so blacks whites they couldn't co-mingle there was there was no getting married if you lived in in the south um and now today you know in some states they're still doing it but it's not color based it's it's a sexual if you want to call it orientation or even if it's preference right it's we're 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 talking about both so um it's still happening today which is Fucking crazy. It's
1: wild. Yeah. On, on, the, on the top of a color, did, did you just recently find out that you're uh you're you're more white? Are you white or dude? Black? The craziest <laughs> thing happened. So <laughs> I don't know
2: what I am. Man, so I used to know. <laughs> so the craziest thing happened. Um just did a spit analysis, uh 23 and me, right? So my brother did it, which oh, which I... ins- it's inspired me to do it. So I'm waiting for my results. So my dad is black as coffee, hundred percent Nigerian. My mom's whitest cream, hundred percent Irish. We get our my brother gets his DNA analysis back and he's fifty six (laughs) percent Caucasian. There's only one answer, dude. There's only one answer. My dad's twelve percent twelve percent white. The guy who thought he's born, raised, lived, still lives in Nigeria had three wives at the same time in Nigeria. My grandfather had ten wives at the same time. Somewhere down the line there's Somewhere. a white dude in there. Yeah, there's a white guy. <laughs> or maybe there's a white girl in there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a white girl. I think a white there's twelve percent in yeah. my dad, which means someone else in his family either either one person has twenty four or a couple people have a little bit of something, but I've always you know, I'm not African American. I'm truly African and American you know what I'm saying or African Irish however you want to slice it or dice it but I've known my lineage I've known my background and then I took this DNA test and I was like whoa actually my brother took it I'm waiting for my results and I'm like whoa dude so I, I put out. yeah. I, the first thing I did is I put <laughs> it on Facebook. I had to laugh at myself because I just needed. I wanted to see what other people said or just I had to get it out somewhere. I got to get on there
1: and check. I haven't even checked Damn. Yeah, yeah
2: so it's so a pretty it's
3: awesome site. You uh, you you basically you give them your DNA, they tell you all kinds of shit, and then so my wife did it, and then it pulled up someone random and said this person's your cousin.
1: Oh, so sh-
3: someone else who did the test, they'll link you up with other people who okay. you're you're, oh, you're genetically related yeah. to. I'm afraid to do it you know why I know gonna, you don't want to have some asshole in no to, that's like not so. why I don't okay. cause I'm okay so my family's from Sicily right oh. so <laughs> we're, you know southern Italians are you're a mouly. No, well, yeah, well, you're a yeah. go get me
2: some juju bees <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: I don't care about that you know what it is we we marry our cousins like first cousins oh I'm a, no I'm afraid I'm gonna go on there and be like my, your, my wife is my cousin or some crazy <laughs> I'm like, fuck man but you didn't, know, though, you, right? you didn't know <laughs> i get you a banjo no other
2: people they do it and they know you didn't know so you're you're okay yeah. that, you got to pass. We'll give you got your, we'll give you your yeah,
3: pass. Your uncle is your brother
1: like what? <laughs> <laughs> no so, branches uh, on the tree. Yeah.
3: So uh so tell me about so you're obviously so you're not playing football anymore but you're incredibly fit. You obviously fitness is a big thing for you. Um I saw some videos videos of your workouts and stuff so like what do your workouts look like? Cuz we got fit we have a fitness audience here they're going to want to know. Right, right. And if they look you up do you I mean you look I mean you're obviously very muscular. So what do you do? What is your what do your training so, look like? So
2: the thing that I love right now about fitness is that it goes all the way from aesthetics to to performance and there's a whole plethora of different things in the middle right so i'm kind of in the middle of, of both like obviously I, I love to have a six pack big pecs like to have my quads ripped and i love my ass to look nice and plump right yeah. so <laughs> who doesn't with that being said when no. when i when i work out now it's all about performance and the side effect is aesthetics you know so mm-hmm. i started out obviously i was a performance athlete playing in the nfl but once i retired i'm like oh well how am i going to how am i going to get my stride what am i going to do that's kind of competitive so i just did american ninja warrior um yeah that's all that. obstacle based and that's how r- was that's, that dude it was tough dude you're
3: not a small guy
0: like most of the winners are
2: little yeah. dudes did they yeah, already did
0: they already actually shoot it did you
3: do
2: yeah it, it actually already? aired it aired okay. the first episode aired so I, I was on the first episode um I, I won't be on any of the other ones so you don't need to watch no i'm just kidding <laughs> 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 no definitely watch it because you'll be amazed at the things that these athletes do but most of them are uh, the good ones are, are rock climbers and have some type of right. um parkour or something like yeah that. parkour or, or gymna- gymnastics uh-huh um, type of background. So obviously at 220 pounds, six, one. Yeah. You're, you're not, heavy going not, in on that. Yeah, let, not, not doing too let well. Let
3: me guess the, we, the your, your weak link was probably grip, right? Holding on to things because I, big oddly dude.
2: enough, I did get eliminated because it ultimately came down to my grip. Yeah, um, that's but I'm, I did so much grip training though that my grip is actually really good. Um, and you know, I started doing muscle ups and then started doing stuff on TRX and then single handed and then climbing salmon ladder, um, just doing all kinds of stuff, laches and all kinds of, all types of grip stuff and just holding dumbbells, seeing how how long I could hold a pair of 100 pound dumbbells or sitting there five minutes, 100 pound dumbbells, Uh the shit starts to burn. So I worked my grip, but oddly I got, I got eliminated on a, on a movement that was body weight and grip, but they're using some my, my force just took me off of yeah, these washing baskets pounds, yeah but so so but now my trainings anything and everything I'll do I'll try anything I mean in high school I played basketball baseball football wrestling and track so I led it in five sports in high school but I was also a skater for like six or seven years. Um, did gymnastics at one point in time, even did diving. I had to quit when I had to wear a Speedo, but now I'd probably... <laughs> now I'd probably so jump back in. Right on, I'd, I'd, I'd complain that, oh, I could do this naked now, but at the point Speaking at that Speaking naked, time, so the, the did you skateboarding, see, the diving... On, it's so starting it. to make more no, sense no,
1: no, no. that he's 51% white. I'm trying oh, okay, to, say, I'm okay. <laughs> to see that. Just this. the skateboarding <laughs> and the marijuana? No, no. It's been there the whole time, No, bro. your ethnicity's <laughs> by nature, not by nurture. By <laughs> nurture,
2: I'm probably 70% white by nurture. I mean...
0: <laughs> no, I was gonna ask you like the naked part, right? Did you when you were there did you see the guy that, that hijacked the guys? I did see that. And he just went through shredded the whole course, the course butt
1: naked. Butt ass naked. Oh, yeah. I saw the YouTube on that. Yeah, he and then shredded he shredded it. The
0: best part was when he was doing the uh what was that the spider where he's like going spread out. Spread
2: eagle Oh my god. did you Didn't saw see
0: that? that? Oh, it's Asia, on YouTube was that for anybody in. that hasn't seen it
2: yet. Yeah. You gotta yeah, see. Yeah, he it. was definitely 100% white. The second he stretched his legs, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, he oh, was like
0: pasty oh,
3: white, dude.
1: It's cold. Uh,
0: it was cold.
3: Yeah. yeah, it's cold out there. <laughs> you gotta so, give the guy a break. So, what are you, what are your best lifts? What are your best uh, uh, like uh, squat, bench press? Uh, what do you what, what have you? What
2: are the best lifts you put up? So now I'm so far out of the game, but I can tell you what I what I what I peaked at. Yeah. um which is the only one, number I need to remember. So oddly enough, um, I did 225 just the other day. I could only do it two. I could only do it 20 times. Um I don't oh, train geez. for it. So <laughs> yeah. weird. But I, I came That's from doing 3132, so I'm one third yeah. of the man that I was. Right. So I came from 3132 um. 315. My best is, on bench is 15 times for 315, but I maxed out at around 425. If you do the numbers, I was a lot better at repping things out than I was right. at a at a one at a single rep. Gotcha. Then my squat was um, like 565 on the squat, and then the best I ever power clean. I don't know my dead, but my best power clean was 335. So um, I threw I was throwing up some good numbers. Those were those were all in college though, so I was about 22, 23. If I continue to train for those things, probably could have upped all the numbers. But I was training to be a Performance athlete to play football, mm-hmm. not you know, not bang all those. Weights was deadlifts?
0: Out. I mean, did you guys really do that? You know, in training, football-wise.
2: No, you'd do like good mornings with. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I was gonna say. Yeah, so didn't really we, we didn't that. really do do deads, even though you know, deads are deads are great, help you with right. the explosion and whatnot. But we didn't we didn't do them. We didn't train mm-hmm. immensely in deads. Mm-hmm. We're doing power clean, so you're kind of getting them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, I asked that question just to give kind of the listeners kind of an idea of what uh, you know the kind of performance that professional athletes you know can do not just on lifting of course obviously on the field you do some pretty amazing things but looking at you for example you look like a very fit guy but you don't look like this massive monster but yet you've got the I mean you're you're strong like you are Oh yeah. you know so it's just Those, um, those numbers are all
1: numbers that I can't do that's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Those are all numbers I can't. I, there's, I can't pro, do there's
3: pro bodybuilders on a tons of you know anabolic, uh, you know enhancement, you know drugs that can't put up you know 400 something on a, on a bench press. So that, that was or the thing I was going to
1: ask you. So even uh, even and I know you, you've been drug free, everything else like that. You never ran any anabolics when you were in the professional league either. No,
2: never. never, never. I mean, so that
1: that to me is probably that's one of the, insane. Because we we did an episode on your your favorite sports heroes on anabolic steroids, uh, because of how prevalent it is right. in, in, in in all all professional sports. And and we talk about how you know to each their own type of deal. You know, if you if you want to run, it's it your body. You, yeah, it's your body to do whatever's with that, but for you to compete, uh, w- and and to compete at the level you did with all the accolades that you have. And to do that all natural to me that is so unbelievably right. Uh, that that's so crazy. It's very impressive. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> that being said, did you ever have you know? Did you ever have a time where you thought about it, knowing how how gifted you are and how how talented you were already? thinking about like, man, what if I just, if I just upped it up a little bit and wh- 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 where would I be, man? Would I be like Superman on this field? Have you thought about it?
2: So, you know, you know my background, you you know what I've been through to get into the NFL. I was cut by three teams before I ever made one, played in Canada, played in NFL Europe. So my, technically the first year I played in the NFL, I was 27 already. Wasn't at my prime yet, but I was 27. So in that, in, in those years where I was playing in, in leagues that weren't, the highest level, I was thinking like, what do I have to do? But I knew that I couldn't do any of those things, nor did I ever really care to do those things. I was never tempted, like I was never tempted by alcohol, never tempted to smoke weed or do anything, never tempted to stick a needle in my ass, even though I've stuck a ton of needles in my ass, Um, never for anabolics. Um, So I was, honestly, I've never even thought about doing it. The only only time I've ever thought about doing it is when my body felt bad and I felt broken down. So the year I did retire, I took a lot of time off. I still worked out. I still trained. But for some reason, just my body, just maybe all the pounding, all the hitting, that constant schedule, the hard training, it finally caught up to me. And so I'm like, what do I have to do to get my body feeling normal again now? Two years out of, of retirement, I'm starting just starting to feel normal, but I still wake up in the morning feeling pretty broken. So there's, I'm not saying that I won't do anabolics. I'll do whatever I have to do to make my body feel good. Mm-hmm. So when there comes a point in time where I hit that fork in the road, I'm like, dude, I need something, and there's nothing that's natural on this planet that I can take anymore. Then I'll do what I have to do to feel good, and I'm not, I'm not scared to do it either. So there will be a time where I'm probably popping something, and I've actually researched some different steroids that I think about taking. Oh yeah, they, I um, mean, they
1: have h- hormone therapists are very, very right.
2: Yeah, you, you know, youth rejuvenation and all that stuff so um but during my playing career i was never i was never tempted a single time don't to you love think. don't
1: you love his mentality I know it's so simple. It it's so sim- right it is it's so similar to how we how we talk yeah. you know well it's uh yeah but it's uh it's
3: you know it's, he's, he's very objective you know he's 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 very calculated objective and, right. and so that's the way i mean if you're gonna make a decision that's that's the way you should always do it
2: yeah, yeah. and you, you know? know what what else is when I did that DNA, te- the DNA test, they tell you if you have this superhuman gene that only 20% of the population have. My brother has it. My brother played in the league for 10 years. Wow. Um, I'm assuming that since I'm a much better physical specimen than my older brother is, obviously, and, and better looking, um, that I must have that, that same gene, and not only do I have that gene, I probably have the, the gene that only 10% of the population has. But, uh, but, all, all jokes aside, there is a superhuman trait, a superhuman gene. I, I don't know how to track it. I don't know what it is, but I do know in the in the twenty um, three andMe test that they'll tell you if you have that superhuman gene, along with lactose intolerance, along with if you have an Achilles, uh, a possibility to to tear your Achilles, if you have an affinity for sweets, if. All these different random yeah. things, just hmm. based off your DNA, they'll tell you if, if you're likely to have that trait or not. It was pretty interesting. A lot of it was was hit the nail on the head. So
3: what is a superhuman gene? What is it supposed to do? Like make you a better athlete or you're supposed to have better recovery or all, all of the above? It is
2: all of the above. So it gives you the the ability, has something to do with your, um, your um, fast switch. So, oh, I see. So, so your fast switch muscle fibers, it has something to do with your recovery and the ability to be stronger. Um, than, than a regular human as well, so I'm sure some of it is hormonal that they test out of that. I, I don't I don't know all the science behind it, but I I wasn't surprised you know when I saw that 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 my bro- that my brother told me that he, yeah, had he it. is
0: he older or he older? is we're like yeah. we're
2: Irish twins so he's 18 he, we're 18 months apart in and, okay. and actually he is smarter than me he's not better looking and the only reason he's smarter is because when I was born he was 18 months he got back up he got back on the nipple. <laughs> so he was on the damn nipple till he was three. I was on the nipple till I was kid. a year and a half. Hogging <laughs> all the nutrients, know, huh? breast milk, dude. <laughs> breast milk's the key. I'm, I, my next kid I have, I'm getting back yeah, on the yeah. breast milk. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's well, go we're three, running that shit
3: till he's 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bre- boobs in general, Stay on the nipples. Boobs in general make men smarter. So that's you know, true. That's why you should always be around them. Yeah. That's what I always say. You I prefer
1: buns, but hey, I'll, i you know, I'll do what I got to do. Yeah. I get back, I'll get okay. back on them. So, okay. so B, I got to ask you. So, when you, uh, you, you've done so much cool shit, man. We haven't even dabbled into all the business and stuff that you've done. A, a lot of listeners don't know this, which I have a huge respect for. This, um, first of all. Uh, Over 66% of NFL players, after they retire, end up going broke, and a lot of them don't further their education and continue on. You happen to be one of those guys that continued his education, Um, very intelligent dude, very smart business guy, continue to do business work and stuff. Of all the things that you've done, from sports to all the TV, radio, and everything like that, what, what stands out the most to you that you feel you're most proud of?
2: I mean, well, you already know because we work together on this and um, you were with me from pretty much day one is uh, Orange Theory Fitness. I'm not only my franchisee, but I'm an area developer for Orange Theory Fitness. We're just high intensity interval training, throw on heart rate monitors to our on to our members, take you through some way, shape or form. When it's all said and done, 30 minutes of cardio, 30 minutes of resistance training, get you in that epoch zone for 12 to 20 minutes. Right. So. Three days after the Super Bowl, my wife drugged me into Orange Theory. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm going to sit in bed for two weeks. We're going to make love. We might have a baby in nine months, but I'm laying in this bed, right? She's like, no, that's not going to happen. And you know, you're talking to a guy that, that works out 16 times a week when I was in the league for years um, in the offseason. So I, this was my two weeks. I knew I was retiring, just finished my MBA, hit the ground running. I'm not doing anything for two weeks. So I'm going to eat, make love to my wife. She's going to change the diapers. We're going to watch TV, all that good stuff, right? Um Man, did I have another thing coming? She's like, everything's cut off. The thing you love the most, food. I'm not cooking it. In this bed, we're not gonna do anything. What? Get your ass to the gym. So we went to Orange Theory. So and I remember it. So Super Bowl is February 3rd, Orange Theory was February 6th. Changed my life. So no shit. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited. You know, you've you've gone down this road with me, Adam. Um, you know, right now we have five studios five studios under our belts between my two territories in the in the bay area and in Los Angeles but by the end of the year we'll have 15 studios by the end of 2016 under our belt and the plan is to have 30 studios open when Hell it's yeah. all said and nice, done so dude. I'm super proud of that um, and uh yeah it's it's been a fun ride and we're just we just started so it's super exciting
1: I, I had a I had a feeling you were going to go somewhere in that direction just because I feel like like you just said, I mean, you've been an athlete your whole life. You kicked ass at everything you've done. To to do something like this is totally, even though it's it's fitness-related, it's still it outside. New. It's yeah. totally new. It's outside totally. your box. But, and to come out swinging like that and to, to crack it kind of out the park or out the gates, I mean, it's But,
3: you know, he was saying something that in, when he was saying it, uh, when he was talking about uh, how he played for the Canadian League, how he did this, that, and the other, and it took him like, you know, 27 years old, you made it to the NFL. That's the mind and heart of an entrepreneur, right? Because you didn't quit, right? You Lots keep going. Diversity,
0: you, keep... you, you just barreled right through, right? It. And yeah.
3: then and then off air, you said how in the very beginning when you started this, you almost didn't make it, right? right. And and all of any entrepreneur listening can can, I mean, they can all connect with that, right? So, I mean, to get through that uh, the, that challenge, that's the mind of an entrepreneur.
2: Yeah, I mean, in the simplest form, it's like if you want shit done right, sometimes you just need to do it yourself. Obviously, you need to align yourself with the right people, and you need to, you, oftentimes, as NFL coaches do, you need to have smarter people around you than even you are, but maybe for whatever reasons, you're just that person that just never quits. You have that Rocky Balboa in you. There's a lot of that in me. I grew up in the projects. I know what it's like to sit in line and, and wait for government cheese, free cheese, free milk. Grew up on welfare. Um, cockroaches in the house uh, know like to have my, my best friend killed next to me um, gangs drugs all that shit I, I grew up with that stuff um, that was in Chicago lived there till I was 10 mm-hmm. then moved to Santa Cruz and became a surfer and a skater and all the things that, all the amazing things that happened in Santa Cruz so um, I know the humility of, of being broke and being poor and that's what made me a fighter in life. Mm-hmm. And then I know what it's like to go to the bank and deposit a $3 million check at the same time. So I, I know both worlds and I'll never take it for granted a food stamp on the ground. I'll know that, you know, you can buy something with that. You can get food with that. That's going to help somebody never drop, never leave a penny on the ground, never leave a quarter on the ground. And just don't every opportunity you have to to either make money, um, just don't ever leave money on the table. So. With Orange Theory, I had a partner where I was more of the passive investor, and um, some people also call it a silent partner, and I was kind of the face, but I wasn't really doing anything. I wasn't handling any of the money. I put money in, but I wasn't handling any of the managerial things or any promoting of raising money or or the way the money was spent, and um, unfortunately, my partner had a a, a mental breakdown, Um, and so then I had to take over the company, and I did that. I took over the company got the partners as much money that that were in the company i got them bought out took it over, did it myself, had a couple lawsuits I had to deal with. I even hired lo- lawyers to deal with those lawsuits. Ultimately, I got the lawsuits done. Um, so I, th- I think in life, you know, you're always going to get knocked down. Even, mm-hmm. I, I can understand, like, I usually I could have went broke um, off of what happened with Orange Theory. I usually could have spent, you know, a few, minute, few million dollars um, and would, never would have seen the money ever again. And who knows where I'd be had it gone the wrong way. But thank God, <laughs> <laughs> thank God, we're doing over 50% margins on our, uh, on our monthly on our monthly um, revenue we're doing 50% margins the the company's super strong and robust but man it was it was tough but. what
3: what do you think the difference is between mm-hmm. you know people like you you grew up you, you said you had a tough time you grew up in the projects what what's the difference between people like you and other people who uh, grew up in a situation like that and turn to crime violence you know drugs uh, you know uh, jail you know what is the difference because i find that so i mean i grew up i had a great childhood so, you know, whatever I, success I, got, I can always attribute it to that. And you just went back and attributed some of your success to your hardships. What's the difference? Like, what would you think the so difference?
2: So, the, the answer comes down to one thing, and, it, and it's one thing only, and it's my parents. And for my parents, it's two reasons. One, the way they raised me, and two... DNA is passed on. So their intelligence, I inherited their intelligence. Mm -hmm. So I'm as smart, if not smarter than my parents were. So one, I had mentioned to you before, you know, my dad's got master's degrees, PhDs, my mom, the same thing. Um, But then also the way they raised me, they they clearly taught me the difference between what's right and what's wrong. As a kid, I saw marijuana all the time in the house. That wasn't wrong. Now, whether you're going out there and, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, with it or whatever. I mean, they mm-hmm. smoked it in the privacy of their own houses and they're responsible, that was perfect. Um, grew up in, in a community where they taught me there's no difference between somebody's, if a man loves a man, if a man loves a woman and whatnot, they taught me that those were the right things. Legally though, both of those things were considered wrong, um, but they just had the the vision and the the foresight to know I guess, you know, that's, in that's, the era. So it's fantastic. all my parents. It's a testament to yeah, that. That's for fantastic.
3: Sure. And, and, you're, and you're right. I think if people attach their morality to the law, if that's how they judge the morality, then they got problems because you made a couple points there. You said, look, the law said it was wrong, but I was taught that it was OK. And um, I think more and more people should do that. I think, you know, uh, there's certain laws that are you're going to see that say don't do this and don't do that. And, you know, and they're wrong. Um, and I think you should tie your morality to something deeper. So that's that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I really feel like there's two types of people. There's two, there's either those out there that will you know are victims in everything you know mm-hmm. and that you know because that's a lot of shit to go through. Mike my, my like Brendan, I also had a really rough childhood and you know it could be really easy to blame all that for the reasons why I'm not successful and I did drugs and I do all this bad stuff. Or you can take those things and you can flip that. And, and motivate you to why you, you don't want to go down those paths and, and be like that. So, you know, and, and those two, there's those two types of people. You're either one or the other. You really are. You either take something like that and it motivates you to be a better person, or you take something like that and you use it as an excuse to why you're going to be a shitty person the rest of your life. So,
3: is it, is, is it, so there's another thing you did. I think you advocated uh, for a program to, Help with kids and in, in fitness in school, right? Right. What was the name of that? It was a fit or something like that. Yeah, it was like NFL that?
2: Play Sixty. Okay. NFL Play Sixty. But um before that happened I was a I part know of a, guy a program. That runs a, yeah. It uh on the on the NFL level or
0: um, uh, Ryan Batcher actually played with him uh, in college, but yeah. Also, um, what's the name of the the main guy that runs that? But yeah, I got introduced to them too from in Chicago because when I lived
2: out there, I lived in Chicago and yeah, and even Michelle Obama picked it up. So it, it yeah. turned into something big. Um, it, it had a, it's morphed. it's had a couple different yeah. names, but in California when we started seeing budget cuts and whatnot, maybe if they legalized marijuana, they wouldn't have to do any budget cuts. Yeah. But um, we we had seen the first two things that were cut and the two things that are really de- developmental in, in developing young minds is art and sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were the first two things that are cut, you know, when they started budgeting for schools and, and, and making all these cuts, they cut out PE, cut out arts and crafts and all that stuff. Music, so those are the first exactly things. music, yeah. all that. So in theater. So I, when I was at UCLA, my senior year, I volunteered at okay. Warner elementary school. Coincidentally, my daughter went there last year and, um, we got in the schools and we did sports and we did arts then when I got to the NFL my way to continue doing that was through NFL Play 60 It's just to ad- advocate for 60 minutes a day for kids to play sports clear their minds and then they'll be able to take in more after you know they they exert themselves physically mentally your mind is just opened up so um, I, I advocated for that uh, in the NFL and I went and I did it and hung out with schools you know what, what's greater go play in a game on a, on a Sunday win that game you know uh, beat up on the Patriots and then on a Tuesday you're volunteering <laughs> in a school Um, Hanging out with a bunch of kids that think you're so awesome. Right. So um, and really you get so much more volunteering than than the kids get. Oh, cool. The kids got to spend the day with me, but I got to spend the day with like 60 kids just jumping all over me and having a good time. So it's
0: not about technique or anything. It's just the fact that you're there and and you're so impressionable. And like, you know, they really, you know, respond to you like having good values and, you know, really just talking about life and stuff like it's just a great experience. I did it uh, while they came here at Santa Clara. So I had a great time. Yeah, it's it's
3: um and to create the cool thing now is that science is now coming out showing that exercise actually improves uh cognitive function right so it's like they cut sports out thinking like oh, it's not gonna make it. you know it's, they go to school to get smarter not exactly to get more fit. and then they realize holy shit if you
0: don't move your brain
1: doesn't it's work all as well tied and your together IQ, man yeah and yeah. your IQ
0: drops if you don't move you're not you're not yeah. gonna learn
1: but you, you 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 touched a little bit um on your wife and how after the Super Bowl you were going to shut down, and she like, ah, this is what you're going to do, you know? <laughs> and I want to ask a little about that just because we're actually, the, <clears throat> the three of us are going to bring the, our girls on the show because everybody wants to hear, like, what's it like being behind these guys? because, and, and I know you're like us, so I'm very curious to hear your side of this because when you are a monster and you do everything that you do <clears throat> and you're as successful as you are, it takes time. You know, it takes time and it Mm -hmm. takes a crazy amount of dedication. Um, What kind of woman does that take to to be behind a man like that?
2: Man, she's she's so amazing. And I know there's a little bit of me and there's a little bit of you guys. And and like we share so many things, so many things in common. So um, I'm one of those people that I'm I'm hardest on the people that I love. And unfortunately, that's just one of my flaws. I have many flaws. That's just one of them. So I'm really hard on her. But she she still continues to blow my mind, step up to the plate and just. You know, just, you know, I'm having a bad day. All of a sudden, you know, she cooks either a good meal or she just knows how to just, you know, touch me the right way at the right time. But then on the flip side, nobody makes me more livid (laughs) than she does. So, you know, like I'm, I'm I'm this huge advocate for marriage equality and all that stuff. I have two kids. We've been together for since I met her in 2003. We've been we've been together full time since 2004, but I'm not married. So so legally, I'm not married. I don't believe in marriage. Um, I don't think that,
1: oh, we have a piece of paper Yeah, a piece of
2: paper. Like you're I tell my obviously my wife believes in marriage. She's Latina, right? She's so she's mm-hmm. Venezuelan and Irish and both sides are, are are huge families on both sides. Um so of course she believes in marriage and her parents are still together. They've been together. Whereas me, you know, I my dad had three wives, my grandfather had ten wives at the same time. So I kinda two completely different worlds that, that we grew up in but I tell her this though all the time is that we've had how many friends have you had that have gotten married and divorced since we've been together and we're together every single day and we have a strong relationship so she's an amazing girl she still puts up with me she puts up with that and she won't leave you know what I'm saying so um, I'm just I'm such a knucklehead like as, as open minded as I am, and as, as malleable as I am in so many facets, this is just one of those things where I'm just I don't know. Maybe I'm just a donkey. Maybe oh some no, deal, you're, you're know, just so. that's <laughs> just like
1: all of yeah, us, bro. So. We have our things that we're all stubborn about. Quadruplets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, coming
3: you know coming from another from another. I'm married also. I've got kids. You know, you should just tell your wife like she she's the mother of your children. You know, and, and for any man you know who's a good man, if when a woman has your kids, she's on a pedestal. Whether you're with her or not, she's always going to be on that pedestal because she's the mother of your children. So that's a stronger bond, I think, than a piece of paper that says you're married. Oh
2: yeah. Oh man, tell her, Sal. Man, her number is. Uh, Go <laughs> <laughs> ahead, hit her up on Facebook. Or, yeah, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, cultures are so strong. And, yeah. And and the culture tells us that you know you're supposed to get married, or you're supposed to do this, or you're supposed to do that. Right. So, um, when you're trying to just unlearn some so many things, even just with um with phobias of, of anything. Right. You, you just have a phobia. Why? Just cause you were taught that, but you shouldn't have a phobia of that, you know? So ma- mainly I'm talking about homophobia. Um, but um, yeah, so it's just one of those things where just cultures are so strong that we're, we're all taught that, you know, Oh, you're supposed to, you know, get married, have kids. And that's what you're supposed to do. Whereas, you know, the only person in my family that's married is my sister. Um, she's not married anymore but she didn't have kids and you know my brother and I we both have you know I have two my brother has three kids we never got married Um, our kids are still you know and our families are still the most important things in our lives but it's just a little bit backwards I mean it's backwards societally it's it's considered backwards but um, yeah so I mean her and I you know we go back and forth on that I think she understands she knows where I'm coming from I'm not going anywhere anytime soon she's not going anywhere anytime soon right Um, but uh, it, it's one of those things that it, 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 it breaks us down, but it brings us together as well because she sees all the things that are going on around her. Over 50% divorce rate, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so.
3: Well, if anybody tells you that being with someone for a long time, whether it's marriage or you're just with them, if anybody tells you it's easy, it's great, oh, we've been together 20 years, all 20 years have been awesome, they are full of shit. <laughs> They're it lying is not, to their teeth. It is not easy. It is, they call it work because it is work. There's going to be times when you love the person. There's going to be times when you're like, I don't want to see this person. And um, it's just, that's why they call it a partnership. Mm. You know, men and women are, you know, yin and yang. We're kind of opposites, and uh, it makes it very difficult. I I mean, I don't care. Actually, two men and two women. It's difficult just to be with someone that long, bottom line.
2: Yep. But at the end of the day, you know it's the right person if there's no place where you'd rather be. So we get into a fight, and I might go on a car ride or something.
1: About an hour in, two hours in, I'm like,
2: I want to go home. <laughs> well, and it's, and it's situations like
1: that you brought up, and that's why I brought her up because it just reminded me of how many times that Katrina has told me to do something that I don't want to do because I've had my mind set on something like, no, I'm fucking shutting down. I'm shutting down. I've been fucking going nonstop, but you told, and then she'll remind me of what I've said to her. You know, like you need to get off your ass and you to go do this because you're gonna be ma- you're gonna be mad if you don't do it and you're gonna regret it. And I'm like, and I'm kicking and stomping. Why go do it? You know, that's what I thought right. of when you were telling me about going down to our steer, and then uh-huh. sure as shit. What happens? Right, know? changes right. your life. You yeah, know? so well, I, it takes I, a very strong woman like that.
3: I, I got a question. So, so you, Adam's been working for you now for a little while,
1: right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> We've been working together. We've been working together. All right, all right. So okay. uh, We want, want an a evaluation, time. like, <laughs> <laughs> like a You want an Adam eval? <laughs> oh, yeah, Adam Man, Ebellar. do I have time to do oh, an oh, Adam eval? No, of, no, of course, of course you guys do this to me when I wore the Tom Brady jersey.
0: How do you deal with the Adam ego? Like how does that work? Okay, how much of a celebrity is he in Orange County?
2: he is a total rock. Rock star in that studio he's a total celebrity so i get feedback from all the members it's called listen 360 people fill it out i have over 500 reviews on our studio and of those 500 over 200 are probably adam okay amazing feedback everybody loves adam yeah it turns into the adam show it's adam on stage sometimes but that's what the members love though <laughs> yeah, they love yeah. the oh adam told me to do this he told me to do that grab my water do this with my diet like they, a lot of these people are seeking direction and, and motivation. So not awesome. only do they do they hear that in his energy and his voice, but they look at him and they see motivation. And some people are visual. Some people are auditory. I, you get both. You get stimulated in every way with Adam. I mean, the guys love him. The girls love him. The employees love him. Everybody loves Adam. The dogs love him. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, Adam... Adam has special qualities that you can't find in, in most people. He's he's a great leader. Um he, not only if he says something he, he's going to do it, but he's going to go he's an under promise and over deliver type of guy. So it's, Yeah, but how's he at making meetings? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, obviously Why are you got to fucking roll me like that. Obviously you guys know He's talking know that, too good about obviously you. Obviously <laughs> you guys know that there's times where Adam's not going to be around or Adam <laughs> has to check out or whatever it is. Hey, right. it's it's a well oiled machine, dude. You guys will have a good. You guys will have a, a really good show. Maybe once in a while without Adam. Of course, when you do a show with him, it's always gonna be it's always gonna be great. <laughs> At Orange Theory, I mean, it's it's a well oiled machine. If he's not there, it's gonna keep going. When it's there, it goes better. He brings a lot of yeah. people to the table, but. Um, I mean Adam will anything that Adam wants to do Adam Adam will do it now. Okay. If Adam has the time to do it, there's only 24 hours yeah, in a day. I don't know if Adam has all the time <laughs> to do all the things that he wants to do.
3: Yeah. Well, to, I want to plug uh, Orange Theory because uh, I, I've been in the fitness industry for a very very long time. And when I when I Adam started talking about Orange Theory, he told me it was he said it's kind of like group exercise or like a group workout. And I'm like
2: ah you know that doesn't sound fun.
3: No, well not only does it not sound <laughs> fun, but as a personal trainer, I'm like how can you individualize that? How can you? So he took us to the Orange Theory studio, which is right down the street from our uh, recording studio now and he showed us and just just for the listeners and orange theory is not available i don't think in every state but it probably will be because it's the it's the first and only group exercise type class that is individualized for each person because they're wearing heart rate monitors mm-hmm. so when this you're trying to
0: geek out a little bit
3: yeah so when they're telling you to train within a certain zone if you're a beginner you're training at a certain intensity if you're advanced you're training at a certain intensity so you get the you get a good
0: workout each time that is brilliant. from, from coming from me, it's from a, motivating, you know, from a different <clears throat> aspect. Well, you they see it like everybody watches each other on the board, and the coaches can kind of, you know, cue when they need to the cue and all that. So well, from a results efficient.
3: from a results standpoint, as a trainer, you know, I, I'm thinking this is going to work for anybody who goes in there, mm-hmm. and um, that that's a, that was a big problem with all group exercise was they couldn't do that, and so the fact that you guys did that absolutely brilliant, and you guys are growing, and I think that's part of it. You guys are exploding. Right, you're, all, you're, built, you're putting more, I think you're putting one in Los Gatos if I'm not mistaken. Right,
2: Las Gatos, Campbell, Sunnyvale, um, South San Jose. We're, we're blowing up all nice. over the place. But uh, I area. think like you said, I mean we're in the tech mecca of the world right here, right? Yeah, yeah. So what do people want more than, here you want, you want healthy food, you want to be able to work out, and then you want to be able to aggregate data. You want to be able to, right. you want get it to be tangible. Feedback. You want the feedback, right? Yeah. So what do we do? We tell you how many calories you're gonna burn in a workout, or at least you're gonna get your summary, right? we have EPOC excessive post-exercise oxygen, oxygen consumption. That is where you're burning calories, fat calories, 24 to 36 hours after the workout. But you have to spend 12 to 20 minutes in an hour at 84% of your max heart rate or higher. We have that built into the workout. Right now we have your, your aerobic zone. You know, that's kind of gets it. There's a, crossing point between aerobic and anaerobic in those zones. Right. Then we have your aerobic zone where you start burning fat. We have that built into the workout as well. So we know when you start working, we know when you're working really hard and efficient, then we know when you're overworking because it's five zone five zone heart rate interval training. Don't want you to overwork, want you to work in between that anaerobic. I'm sorry, work in between that, that threshold where it becomes aerobic and anaerobic, 25 to 35 minutes of aerobic, anaerobic about 12 to 20 minutes and i think uh,
0: that's another like real distinctive point is that you pay attention to that right when people are are overworking because a lot of these group classes like how do you even manage that properly and it it gets to a point now where if if it's any bit competitive it's competitive in the intensity which we we definitely feel like a lot of there was flaw
1: there was two big things that when uh when brendan brought me on that, uh, that I instantly fell in love with. So uh, not only have I been doing fitness for you know 12-plus years, but a good majority that I've taught group classes. So this is in my wheelhouse already. And one of the biggest things I always struggled with as a trainer is uh, two big things. Is one, trying to get that kind of individualized uh, periodization working out for people. And then uh, the ability to take somebody like so let's say, for example, I've got a class of, you know, 20 people in my like my boot camps like I used to run and I get this new this new lady who comes on and she's, you know, mid 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 to late 40s, um, severely overweight and deconditioned and, you know, just trying to get into her her fitness for a first time in her life and here i have my class who's been with me for a year and they're kicking ass through the workouts and they all know each other and they, they you know they have no problem doing the exercises i'm teaching and she's like kind of lost and I'm and of course being the dynamic trainer I am I'm trying to give her the most amount of attention why I still teach the class and still make her feel but at the end of the day it's so hard to save that person because she becomes so discouraged by the others that are just kind of smoking around the track or performing these exercises and she feels like that's so it's so far ahead in her future that it doesn't look tangible to her so she mm-hmm. quits mm-hmm. and I used to lose those people all the time and, it, and, and and because I love fitness it used to break my heart and I think fuck how do I and i don't always try and overcome it. And I had all these great ideas and the ways I would try and fix it, but I just could never do it. What I love about OTF is that you can be this woman on this treadmill and you could have a woman half your age who's a, a runner and an athlete fresh out of college who's, you know, super fit and conditioned. And when you look up at the TV monitor both people could be working at the same pace but yet the lady who is deconditioned is power walking and the lady on the right is at a full blown sprint because she can handle a full blown sprint but yet when it comes to a calorie expenditure, their heart rate and who's pushing themselves, they're equally pushing themselves hard. Talk about encouraging and motivating for somebody who is... That's
3: what I mean. It's like it's individualized. Yes and then they take
1: it and they actually, it's the only group training I've ever seen that actually periodizes the workouts. So each week or every day is a different workout but they actually incorporate strength power and like hypertrophy within the workout programs and so they're rotating through so it's not like you know all week long we're running all just high reps high reps high reps high reps like aerobics class mm-hmm. one day it's like okay we're doing five to six reps we're moving heavy ass weight today and we're supposed to be working in the power phase and then boom then we transition to the next so we're constantly changing that right. and if people are actually following the program they're, they're gonna see huge results it's from the
3: that. only group exercise class i've actually uh recommended uh, my clients i've actually. Seen sent a couple clients uh to the to the studio over here otf and i think one of them came and, and met you right yeah, Adam? Yeah. um mm-hmm. how big on average are these uh, are these facilities how because they're not massive they're not like the big gyms right they're kind of small right. how, uh, a square footage rise how would you say
2: i'd say the average is about three thousand square feet but okay. i i think there's a trend going on right now and, and that's why we talked about fitness and why fitness is so damn awesome right now is that Fitness could be in your garage doing flips or hitting a punching bag or freaking climbing the beams in your garage. Or it could be surfing or it could be at a box gym Mm -hmm. or there's so many different things that fitness is right now. and There's so many concepts that are actually can make money because they work. Right. Obviously, some work better than others. Um, The thing that I love is that in my studio, I don't have a problem with telling people to slow down. Mm-hmm. I don't mind saying, hey, just slow it down, take it easy, okay? I want to get you through the entire workout. I don't want to burn you out right now. But when you think of, oh, I'm going hard, dude. Let's go. It's it's grind time. What's mm-hmm. what do they say in the morning? Mm-hmm. Sh- or grind, or, uh, grind, and shine. grind and shine. Like, yeah. nah, dude. We're <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna get this workout. We're gonna get this workout done. We're gonna work hard, but we're gonna work smart. That's
3: well, because you know, what you're, ta- you know yeah. what you're talking about. But the reason why I ask you the size is because you're also seeing a trend in fitness. Where it's not the big box gyms that are growing and exploding it's the, the small, box, more yeah. personable type facilities, and um, you guys uh, are, are definitely on that trend. however, I think you guys are leading uh, you know you're leading that trend so for for those of you who are business uh, owners or aspiring to be entrepreneurs in fitness, if you're going to buy a gym, first of all, if you're going to buy a big box gym, you want to open up a big 20,000 square foot facility. A you lot better of overhead. you better have <laughs> oh, millions yeah. of dollars and if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to lose your ass. Um, you can make money, but you're going to be competing against companies like 24 Hour Fitness Golds, LA Fitness you as know, big. But if you if you want to invest your money in a smaller facility with a good, you know, good track record and something that's exploding, OTF is something that I would consider even myself. Um, and they're kind of, you know, like I said, they're riding that the, that trend, but you guys are also leading that trend. So Yeah, so we
2: have 200, 220 studios across the country and Jeez. across the nation right now. I think three in Europe, Bogota, Mexico City. How long have you guys been around? So the, the franchise has been the f- the very first studio opened up five years ago. They've been franchising for four years. Wow! Most, and already at two hundred. Yeah, but most studios are, are are younger than two years old. Hmm. So the first to California is just over two years this old. This is incredible. Yeah. Our oh, studio in Willow Glen. That's
1: why I, another thing I was so fascinated when I tell you guys all the time is I mean you haven't seen growth like this in a chain or a franchise like this since like Curves time. Yeah, but Curves was like I mean
3: you it could was, tell Curves was going to tank. Because you yes. have yeah, these non-fitness people opening up, and, and then what it is the concept? And then this right. is Curves this is twenty-four hours.
1: Curves and twenty-four hour fitness are probably two of the most. Uh, reputable companies that actually grew at such an astronomical rate. Right. and Orange Theory is right there with a much better business model, and you you can see where it's going. Dude. It's yeah. uh, it's very fascinating. It's very it's very exciting. It's very cool to know Brendan and to have seen and been a part of watching him start this. Like um, I I mean, a lot of times I kick myself and wish that you know we were doing it alongside with them, but you know we know we have our hands full with everything else. Dude, that we your got hands
2: on. were so full when we first started <laughs> yeah. talking, and just you know we I remember I remember some of our first conversations. Um, Right here in Willow Glen When that was just a hole In the wall right there Um, And this was before You had got your Your pro card And all that stuff Um, And you were huge Into your Into your amateur career And it was It was such a It was just a I mean it was a little A little over a year ago But it was such a different world For us back then You know Oh yeah I'm fresh out of the NFL Um and yeah, and, and you had so many things because so you're a techie, too. So you have all these different apps and all these different things you're doing. I'm like, Dude, this is a busy guy. I just want to get him in the door just to work for me 10 hours a week. That's all I need from him. You know, and well, I how remember, many classes are you doing now? Uh, I have 12 a week. You have 12 a week right yeah. now. So I mean, you could probably do more if you wanted. But I mean, you know, we got Campbell coming online. Las Gadas. We got a bunch of studios. So, But I mean, I know you're so busy. You don't need to work for me anymore.
1: I, I'm just, I just trying to keep keep I, my hands on you for a little while. Longer. I I, I, I well, you know what though, you'll just have a me, little bro. bit I, I actually, re- here's another thing too. If you're somebody who is looking to be employed by OTF, how does OTF get somebody like me? Is they fucking pay very well? They pay very that's, well for trainers. That's why you got good trainers. Yeah, I mean, you would not... I just straight up, as much as I like to work out stuff, if you you paid me like the average trainer gets paid in, in the Silicon Valley right now, I wouldn't be there. Obviously, I charge a much higher rate for my private hourly rate, but to be a group trainer and teach classes... Orange Theory pays higher than anywhere anywhere else. So, um, you know, it's worth my time. When I get my paycheck every two weeks for the the little bit of time I spend there, I go, It's worth my time to go there. And I love doing it. Yeah. You
2: know? One the one thing I found out immediately um from you and about you is that you weren't really there for the paycheck. You were there because you love touching all the lives yeah. and changing people's lives. So we have we have members that came in fifty pounds ago, they came in. And now they're they're wow. running their fastest miles. They're 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 in the best shape of their lives. And they're out of their prime. They're in their they're in their forties, late thirties, and they they're in better shape than they were in high school, even in their early twenties. So a lot of that has to do with Adam, and I I can understand why he spends a lot of time at that studio. Excellent,
1: yeah, yeah no, Excellent. I, I love it, man. I struggled a lot with not being able to give more time. I mean, I wanted to be uh, head headed head up and run it for him for uh, and and grow with him and do everything. So. Uh, It was it was tough for me to uh, to not you know and I remember when we first started I was like "Uh, I want to do this and I just yeah bro I'm so
2: excited with the path that you guys are headed down though you guys are doing so many amazing things and and that's why the the main reason I came on the show is because we're so alike and and share so many similarities and. Not that there's not enough people like us, but I think there's not enough stories like ours. People don't come from the same um, mental perspective that we come from, and it lets people know that it opens, it sheds some light on a lot of people that thought like, oh, maybe I was alone, or I didn't mm-hmm. think this way, or I should be ashamed for thinking about some of the things that I think or some of the things that I do, whether you talk about anabolics or if you talk about um, marijuana. I mean, if you do things the right way, there's always a right way and a wrong way to do things, mm-hmm. and you Absolutely. guys are giving people education and the confidence to do things the right way, Most, so that's powerful,
3: awesome. most powerful thing in the world is an idea. And you spread those ideas, man, and uh, that's all we're trying to do so and we, and we, we don't <laughs> we say this a lot, but we don't care. so I mean we piss off a lot of people we just don't care. We, we really try and stick to being true to ourselves um, and I think that's why our, our listeners like us. so how are we doing on time, Douglas?: Almost an hour almost an hour right? oh
1: yeah you know what we're gonna have to bring this guy back on again for sure Dude. Def- yeah,
3: definitely. Oh, Be- yeah. it's been a pleasure my friend it's yep. been, been an absolute pleasure having you on I appreciate you coming on Mind Pump we've had a good time with you
1: make sure you guys check out Orange Theory Fitness come say hi what's up one year anniversary tonight yep keep doing Absolutely. what you're doing guys I'm so
2: excited for you guys man
1: awesome right. thank you Right thanks on.
0: for coming man we're out thank you for listening to Mind Pump for more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam and Justin visit us at www.mind. Mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.